0: We've been looking at this subject of the forgotten arts, we've been looking at hearing the voice of God, prayer, fasting, reverence, rest, some great, great subjects. Today we're going to look at a powerful subject, the subject of surrender. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. It's John the Baptist. John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and you come to me. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness, all the the right commands of God. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am very pleased, or well pleased. And then on into chapter 4, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Brothers and sisters, that's one of the most profound verses in the Bible. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you. They will lift you up in their hands, you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it's also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. And then, towards the end of Jesus' life, in fact, some hours just before the end, Matthew 26, verse 36. Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here, keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. He came back again. He found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Lord Jesus. We love you. We worship you. We adore you. We thank you for this incredible display. Display to us. Of your very nature and heart the the very heart of God displayed to us through the sun. Revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Just pray today as we look at this powerful, important subject. One that goes so utterly against the grain of the world. We pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We pray, Lord, that you would impact our hearts and minds. That we might be those who follow in your footsteps. Who display the nature of Christ in our lives as we recognise you have come and met with us. Help us, we pray today. Holy Spirit, speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week, uh, Ashley, wonderfully, uh, in his own invisible style, took us into the subject of reverence, particularly gave us this picture of the life of Moses, not going to unpack all that again, but incredible picture of Moses and his relationship with God and how he came to that point of revelation of not just asking God questions, but there was, an, a, there was a reverence that came upon him, a, a revelation, an understanding of who God was. And that then transformed his whole attitude and heart. And that's, that's really what some of these things are about. That's what reverence is about. When we talk about things being irreverent, uh, when we're irreverent about things, it's, we're not honouring, we're not respecting, we're not recognising, we're, we're, in many ways we're, we're rebelling against, we're laughing at. And yet when we recognise the importance of a person, and particularly of course in our relationship to God, when we recognise who God is and our relationship to him, there's a response within us. And it's sometimes referred to as reverence, there's an awe, there's a recognition and it affects our thinking, it affects our speech, it affects our lives. And Ashley was picking up on some of that last week. And part of that response of, rever- of reverence is surrender. Surrender. Again, I think surrender is an interesting thing when we, we use this phrase, forgotten arts. The things that are forgotten, or the spiritual disciplines that we might refer to them as Surrender. I think it's one of those. What do you think of when you think of the word surrender? Maybe you think of the good old sort of film um, or TV program, The Baddies Come Out, like this. Maybe that's what's uh, in your head, that kind of picture. Maybe your mind goes to something like this, if you're a certain age, perhaps. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. I'm not even going to try and do Winston Churchill justice. We shall never surrender. Actually, when you've got a funny throat like mine, it's quite good, isn't it? One of the things that I think of quite often, and maybe this is more to do with me than anyone else, but... uh, I grew up, in, as many of you know, in the Brethren. We didn't have a television in the 60s. And then in the late, mid to late 70s, we were allowed to have a television, mainly because we got thrown out of that church. So that was, that was quite good. Um, but I remember Saturday afternoons. Saturday afternoons, some of you will remember. ITV Sports, Big Daddy, and Giant Haystacks. That's, see? You have to be of a certain age. Sorry, guys. It's like, what the heck is he talking about? All right. They were two very large men who used to pretend to beat each other up in a, in a ring. I, I went onto YouTube and had a look at it. Do you know, it's rubbish now. <laughs> I, I thought, I'll show a clip, and then I thought, no, I won't. Because when I was a kid, I was convinced they are about to kill each other. Actually, when you watch it now... No, they weren't. They were sort of tickling each other. It's like, what was going on? Anyway, Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. But you know, they, you remember it, it, it culminated in one of them landing on the on the mat, and then you know, do you surrender? And they shake their head, and eventually there'd be the slap on the slap on the canvas. You know, does surrender mean giving up and giving in? Well, yes. Question. Is what? Is what? I loved. That it was a phrase that Mike Groves said in the prayer meeting today. And I thought, ooh, I haven't got time. I wanted to go away and rewrite my whole sermon. But he said, the thing about surrender is it comes after a battle. And I thought, wow. Lord, I could have done with that one earlier in the week. But it's true. But what I'm trying to say is here, does surrender mean giving up? Does it mean giving in? Yes, the question is what? Because there are some things that are right to battle and not to surrender to. I'm not going to surrender to certain things. But there are other things that I am going to surrender to. And that's what I want to look at for a few moments this morning. When we turn and we look at the life of Jesus that we've just read, we see that surrender, and these are just three examples Surrender was modelled and displayed at some of the most significant points of his life. And we are disciples, we're followers of Jesus. So as Jesus models things, we want to learn and we want to imitate his life, yes? That's what we're called to, to be imitators of him. So even though he was and is one with the Father, and with the Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal, utterly together in oneness as the Trinity. Nevertheless, in a phrase that I I'll use, and I want to unpack just for a moment, in the economy of the Trinity, Jesus chose to surrender to the will of the Father. We've got a few South Africans here. South Africans, let's have hands in the air. We've got a few South Africans. Okay, they're sm- see they're smattered around the room. They're everywhere, yeah, are they? Anyway, in South Africa, they have something that we would call crossroads. They call it a four-way stop. Okay, you know, that you know about the four-way stop, you guys, don't you? Okay, we, we, the closest thing that we can get to is, is crossroads. The thing about the four-way stop in South Africa, and I, I've driven a few of these initially, you go, ah, oh, does this work? Okay, but basically, whoever gets there first, goes first. All right? So you have this thing as you're driving up to the four-way stop, You people will adjust their sort of acceleration because they're trying to work out, do I go quicker so I get there first and then I get to go first? Or shall I slow down because he? I'm trying to measure the distance, all right? Uh, the thing is, that's how it's supposed to work. And you're supposed, supposed being the word, to come to a stop And then whoever's wheels touch the line first, they get to then move out and go on. Okay? It's interesting. Fortunately, in lots of places, they're sort of out in the countryside whatever and there's hardly anybody else around. But woe betide you if you just decide to go straight over because somebody else could be coming. All right? Problem is, what happens if everybody arrives at the same time? (laughs) Oh, don't start me on the Isle of Wight. I'm from Swindon, innit? All right. I still, after three years, I can't work out how to drive on the other way. Anyway, that's that's a whole other level. I have never been. In, sorry, you got me now. I've never been in a place where somebody stops in a main road to let you out of a side road. Anyway, how does that even? Uh, in Swindon, we'd all be dead. Anyway. Yeah, what happens if you all arrive at the four-way stop at the same time? Somebody has to be brave. But somebody, or the others, somebody has to say, you go first. There's an economy in order for the flow to work. There's an economy that has to happen. Somebody has to, to go first and then everybody takes it in turns. There's a sense of surrendering, as it were. Well, you know, we all arrive, so we've all got the right to go but there's an economy that works there in order that we don't all crash into each other. Are you with me? You're looking a bit vague, but that's all right. Okay. In the Trinity, the co-equal, co-eternal, existing together, and yet in the midst of their total unity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is this incredible display of submitting. Jesus the Son submitting to the Father, the Holy Spirit to the Son and the Father, that the eternal purposes and the eternal plans of God might be fulfilled, that the glory of the Godhead might be displayed. It's not that it's my right. I'm co-equal, co-eternal, co-existing. I have a right. But there is this choosing to surrender In order that the glory of God might be seen and be displayed, John the Baptist was right in one sense when he said, What, me baptize you? You should be baptizing me because he's the one who said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John had a revelation, he knew, he recognized who Jesus was. Should be the other way around. And of course, he was right if the sense was. It was based on his message of repentance, turning from sin, turning to God. Jesus, of course, didn't need that baptism. He was the holy, perfect, righteous Son of God. In his, all his humanity, but there he was on the bank of that river. And John's saying, baptize you. No, you should baptize me. Or what Jesus saying. Jesus said it's right to be baptised because it fulfills all righteousness. It's not a baptism of repentance for Jesus. But Jesus recognised he's displaying and modelling a response to the Father. He says it pleases God the Father. God the Son wants to please the Father in this economy of the Trinity, in this display of of submitting, of surrendering. I quoted it earlier, again, Philippians 2. Who? Jesus, being in very nature God. He was God. Eternally was God. He took on humanity, but he was God. Did not consider equality with God something to be used as his advantage. That's what the Greek word there means. Something to be used To his advantage, he took on the very nature of a servant, making himself nothing, being found in appearance as a man. What a display of surrender! What a display of the servant heart. Before we say, before we look at what God is asking of us, we need to see that Jesus modeled it, Jesus displayed it. In his humanity, he displayed it, but in all his godness, he displayed it. It wasn't a baptism of repentance. It was obedience to the Father. It was a a will surrendered to the Father. Philippians 2 continues, of course, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And as he's baptised, of course, the other element of his baptism is he's prophetically pointing forward pointing forward to the day when he will surrender his life, his very lifeblood, for the sin of the world. Dying on the cross, going under the water, being buried, and on the third day, raised again to life. Hallelujah. Romans, of course, the great chapters talk about that. We have died with Christ, we've been buried with him, and we've been raised to life with him. Jesus was displaying displaying to us, showing to us, prophetically displaying, pointing. Immediately after this, as we read, Jesus' incredible verse that i pointed out to you, allows himself to be led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It's just a profound picture of what's going on there again. A surrendering, knowing, what's happening, knowing what's going on, but allowing himself. Yes, he could have turned rocks into bread. Of course he could. Yes, he could have called 10,000 angels. Yes, he could have displayed power and authority over gravity, over nature, over all the kingdoms of the world, but he chose to surrender to put utter dependence upon the Father. We, uh, we talked about fasting a couple of weeks ago. I encourage you to go back on that. Um, my son-in-law just sent me a really helpful booklet that I'm going to try and make available to all of us on the subject of fasting. But again, what we were saying there is this picture of dependence. When I say, I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly, a meal or coffee or Facebook or any of those other things, I couldn't possibly... Where is my dependence? Who am I putting first? What am I putting first? And Jesus again surrenders. He displays this utter dependence upon the Father and upon the care of the Spirit in order that God might have the glory and that in Luke's words, uh, if you read Luke's version of this, that he might go on from there in the power of the Spirit. There's a surrendering and a putting down in order that he might go on. And as we come to this in the moment, uh, application to our lives, I think we need to keep being aware of that. It's in order that God might have the glory. It's in order that we might know his power. In fact, it's in order that we might live the fullest way that we were called to live. Of course, at Gethsemane, And Jill quoted this in our prayer meeting this morning. By the way, you're all very welcome. Uh, every uh, Sunday morning, 9.30, we're here. He makes one of the greatest statements of surrender. Father, not my will, but yours be done. I want to say here, surrender here is not weakness. Can you hear this? It's not weakness. Think when we think of this whole thing, oh, finally, you know, I've had to surrender. I've had to give in. Didn't want to surrender. Surrender is not weakness. It is bound up in total trust. This is putting my trust into the hands of another. And even Jesus, being in very nature God, can you, can you hear this? you hear what's happening here? I've been really enjoying, and I know some of you picked this up um, I, I mentioned a few weeks ago about this um, new app, if you like, that's been launched by Pete Gregg. their prayer, 24 7 prayer, guys. this lexico 3, uh, how many days of the year? 364. Uh, three, six, four. That's right. Five. Yeah, three. Oh yeah. Oh, don't stop. OK. Lexico 365. Okay, It's daily prayers and daily Bible reading. I'm loving it. I'm really enjoying it. It's different to my backgrounds. I'm really enjoying it. And uh, lots of things are coming out. But we, we, There's a 40-day uh, uh, through Lent, but he's been on this whole thing of walking with, with Jesus and walking this week with Jesus through his baptism and, and through the wilderness. You can go back and look at them. But This is a little quote this week. Jesus trusts in the relentless goodness of the Father's plan. Wow. We're thinking about surrender. We're thinking about putting things down. You you see, the thing about surrender is it is about letting go. If I let go of that, will I ever get it back? Share a story with you in a moment. If I give that up to God, will he ever give it back, to me back? What's the priority? What's the priority? Jesus trusts in the relentless goodness of the Father's plan. It's not weakness. This is a surrender that says, I give up my rights, my power, and entrust it into your hands. Your will be done. It's for your glory, Father, that you might be glorified. Of what I haven't quoted here and haven't got on the screen, but it's later on in, in Philippians chapter 2, what does it say? Therefore, therefore God has exalted him to the highest place, given him the name that is above every name, at the name of Jesus. Yeah? But it doesn't start with, God has exalted him, therefore he surrendered. Does it? Who, being in very nature God, did not consider, gave himself to death, even death on a cross, surrendered. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Father, I trust you. This is terrifying, terrifying to the point that my heart is beating so fast that that, that my sweat is coming out like blood. My heart is literally about to break. I might die with the terror of this situation, but not my will, but yours be done. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place. Hallelujah. We need to catch the truth of this if we're going to apply it tomorrow in the workplace, in the neighbourhoods. See, it's totally upside down from the way of the world. The way of the world is my will. My will. You know, don't you, the number one funeral song? I did it my way. It's the number one Requested funeral song. Look it up. Not now. It's totally upside down from the way of the world. When I come to Christ, when I give my life to Jesus Christ, I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering my self-dependence. I'm surrendering my self-ambition. I'm surrendering the things that I put my security in, in the hope that they might keep me safe. But they're things that are outside of Christ. Whatever they might be for you, and there'll be different things for us. I'm surrendering that he might have the glory that is rightfully his. One of the things we don't talk about very much with the gospel, we need to talk about that. One of the reasons that we turn to God is because he deserves the glory. He is our Lord and Master. He is our Creator and our Maker. And if there was no other reason, we turn to him because he is our God. But there's so much more to that. Why surrendering is that he might have the glory, but also that I might know his power and his will at work in my life. If only I will turn to him, if only I will surrender to him, I will know his power, I will know his provision, I will know his authority, I will know his will, and his will is good. But what I feel I have is good. And I look at God's word sometimes and I I look at some Christians and I think, I I don't want what they've got. What I want you to do is to hear the heart of the Father. I want you to know that God is good and his will is good. It is different to the world. It's different to what the world says will make you happy, will meet your needs. But it's so much more. But it comes as a result of surrendering. But that's very challenging very challenging. Just to tell you a, a brief story. I, I may have told bits of it here before, but just to tell you again. So uh, back in the, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, Jackie and I were down at um, what was then called Older Road Baptist Church in Poole. We had two little girls um, and uh, we were very involved. I had lots of responsibility. We had a big church manse that we lived in, a big house, and, and I had lots of role and recognition and responsibility. But then God broke into that situation and spoke to me and spoke to us about laying that down, putting it down and and moving to be part of a new church that was being planted that only just uh, begun. We'd heard about it and it got going. And uh, to cut quite a lot of stories short, um, we did. We moved to Swindon to be involved in a brand new church plant there. And uh, in many ways, uh, I was very excited. It was daunting, challenging, putting down role, putting down responsibility. But I felt very much that God was leading us very clearly. There were all sorts of answers. And so that was, that was, that was okay. Uh, I went to the Bible Society. Again, there's a whole story there. Bible Society in West Swindon. They were based there and, and, and got interviewed and I told them in my arrogance, I only needed a job for six months because the church was going to be employing me and I'd be very involved, and, but could I have a job for six months? I was there actually eight years. I gave at least a day a week to the, to the church all the way through that and then they paid for one and two days and there was all sorts of things that happened. One year rolled into two and two years rolled into three. Now we were involved in that life of the church, but... It was not what I believed I I should be doing. It's not what I had come for. I hadn't come to Swindon to work for Bible Society. I'd come to be in the church and have a role and (coughs) all of those good things. Sorry, I'll just model something. (coughs) I'll wash my hands in a minute. All right. Oh, dear. Um, I need to do it again. Can you just slide the slider? (coughs) Right. Okay. So there I was, getting quite frustrated, because I I wanted to be employed by the church. That's what I thought should happen. Most of all, I wanted to be an elder in the church. Now, the Bible says that's a good thing to be, but I had got hold of it in a bit of a skewed way, and it was something that really, if I get this title, then I'll be fulfilled. But it was not happening not happening. In fact, some of the things that I had first been doing in the church, leading, worship, leading uh, the youth work, preaching from time to time, it was all fizzling out. It was all stopping. It was not not happening. And then I met with two of the leaders, two of the elders in the church and sat down. Because because I was getting more and more frustrated and a bit cross and a bit fractious, I, I would sort of be nudging the elders and the leaders Quite a lot about you know. Have you thought of me? You know, kind of, kind of thing in a very subtle way, I'm sure. But, but, but the reality was there. And the, anyway, they met with me and they sat me down, and they said these words. They said, "We don't believe it's right for you to be an elder at this point." And I, I need to tell you, I'm very honest, it's a story I've told many times. I was very upset. They'd got it wrong. God had got it wrong. I was very cross. I used to go to Bible Society, very frustrated, didn't want to be there. I used to come home. Before tea, I'd go into my little study and I would weep. Weep before God. What are you doing, God? Why did you bring me here? We lived in Parkstone, just down the road from Sandbanks. Uh, I love the sea. You know, why did we come to Swindon, etc., etc.? I told God what I thought. I really did. And then one particular morning, I used to get up early in the morning uh, and pray before going to work. I would walk up and down in the kitchen again crying, shouting at God internally, not because of the kid, Jackie and the kids, but, you know, really coming towards God's. And then God said something to me very, very clearly. So clear. Two things. One, will you give it to me? And it's not what you're called, it's who you are. It's the two things I felt God say. Will you give it to me? It's not what you're called, it's who you are. And I found myself, by the grace of God, and it was by the grace of God, utterly surrendering, physically putting my hands out and saying, God, I believe you gave me a call. I believe there's a calling on my life. I believe there are words over my life. There are things that you've said. But Lord, if you want it, I know I've got to give it to you. And I surrendered it. Ministry, role, responsibility, title, I put it down. Literally, physically, spiritually and emotionally, I laid it down before the Lord. I remember it as clearly as anything. I utterly laid it down. And I said, Lord, it's yours you want to give it back to me, that's for you. But I lay it before you because I know my relationship with you is the highest priority. I know my relationship with my wife and my children is the next priority. And so I lay these things down. But also I felt God speak to me so clearly. I'm not going to wait for title. I'm not going to wait for recognition. I'm not going to be wait to be given some role or responsibility. I'm just going to serve. I believe I've been called to be something, so I'm going to be it, not wait to be told that I am it. And I began to serve, and there's a whole story, and I, I just began to bless where I could, to build where I could, not looking for anything, not expecting anything, laying it down before the Lord, leaving it before him. It wasn't long before I got invited to be on the staff of that church. Not long after that, I was invited to be an elder of that church, not long after that, the other elders went to plant other churches and I was leading that church. Surrender to God is not enforced submission. I want us to hear that today. Big daddy, giant haystacks lying on top of you. Do you surrender? No. Big squish. Do you surrender? No. Bigger squish. No, no, yeah, yeah, okay, I surrender, I surrender. It's a choice. It's a decision. Submitting my ways to God. Laying down my rights, my will, my desires in order to know God's way, which is actually better. Better by far so much i could say about that those days there's lessons that i learned there but maybe another time mary and martha luke chapter 10 verse 38 jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named martha opened her home to him she had a sister called mary who sat at the lord's feet listening to what he said martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. Few things are needed. Some manuscripts say only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken away from her. Sitting at the feet of the Lord. Culturally unusual, very, very unusual. You want respect and position? Well, it would be to rush around and and be hospitable and do all those things of that Middle Eastern culture. She sat at the feet of the Lord. The Lord recognised that what she was doing was absolutely right, commended her for it. See, we're living in a world where we're told so many things are needed. You need this. You should have this in order to be liked. You need this in order to have stature. You need this in order. In order, you need. You need. It's a world of entitlement. I'm entitled. I'm entitled to be satisfied. I'm entitled to have a good time, a good sex life, a good job, a good house, a good retirement, whatever it might be. I'm entitled. Again, to quote Pete Gregg, came across this week. So many things in this life can become idols. They're objects of our worship, idols. They call for our attention, devotion, and allegiance. In the wilderness, Jesus overcomes the temptation to dilute his allegiance. What a phrase. In the wilderness, Jesus overcomes the temptation to dilute his allegiance. Think of him there in Gethsemane. Think of the pain. Think of the agony. Yet, Father, not my will. I will not dilute my allegiance. In the early days at Swindon, having put all these roles and responsibilities down in, in Paul in Dorset, all these titles, all these things, I, I used to meet up with the, the, lead, the team leader there at the time, the pastor, and he, he used to challenge me and provoke me over and over again. I found it very hard. He said to me, Mark, if you never led worship again, would it be enough to know Jesus? Mark, if you never had another responsibility, another title, if you never preached again, I had a call to preach as a young boy, he said to me, if you never preached again, would it be enough to know Jesus? Daily, we have choices, decisions, to put God's will first, to seek first the kingdom. It will stretch us, it will challenge us, and it certainly will be different to many of our friends and our family, our work colleagues, and the world in which we live. It will be different. Why would you give that up? Why would you surrender that? It's fun. It's good. It, you know, you enjoy it. Why would you? Not your my will, but yours be done. See, it will mean different things for different ones of us. Literally, as I close, for some it will mean commitment to not having sex outside of marriage, to wait. Why would you do that? My, all three daughters have had that said. Why would you do that? How could you possibly? Not my will, but yours be done. For others it will be to not give in to temptation, to surrender my needs to him. Maybe for some in the area of financial security, there there are those who have chosen to give, not just generously, but to give sacrificially, to give out of that rainy day pot to give out of that just-in-case pot. They've given out of that, surrendering their independence, surrendering their security, that I might know the will of God. Now, it will be different things for different ones of us. As we close, I want to invite a response in a moment. I believe there are some of us who just need to come and stand before the Lord. Maybe Joel Joel could come and you could just help us with a a tune. I'm going to read a very old him it's so old joel doesn't know it but um can i invite you to stand i'm going to read something to you i want to invite you to respond this morning there is tea and coffee next door please don't forget your children but i believe there are some of us who just need to respond to the lord this morning i've i've had this in my life sometimes over the years i've known i've just needed to come forward not even really needed prayer necessarily but i've just needed to say lord I've got it wrong. I've been holding on to stuff and I need to surrender. And I believe that there are those of you this morning who just need to come again. I'd love to pray with you. I'm sure there are others who I want to say to you this morning, is it enough to know Jesus? Is it enough to know Jesus? All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. In His presence daily live. All. I don't believe that God will come to our clenched hands and try to prise our fingers open. Don't believe that's God's heart don't believe he will slam us down and demand. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to know him. It's an invitation maybe to put him first for the first time in your life. You've never done that. It's an invitation to surrender things you've been holding on to, even fears, to surrender to him freely, of your own will. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Saviour. I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. At his feet I humbly bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Mark, that sounds old-fashioned. Surely that's not the modern way. That's not no, it's the Bible. It's the Bible's way. It's God's way. Worldly pleasures put down, laid to one side. Take me, Jesus. Take me now. I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me Saviour, wholly thine. Holy thine. Let me feel thy Holy Spirit. Truly know that thou art mine. All to Jesus, I surrender. Lord, I give myself to thee. Just feel an invitation this morning. Maybe even some of you want to just come and stand at the front even now. Don't have to wait until the end of this. Just start to come if you want to. I give myself. Fill me with thy love and power. Let thy blessing fall on me. All to Jesus. I surrender. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Saviour. All to thee. All to thee. All to thee. Now I feel the sacred flame, the joy of full salvation. Glory, glory to his name. Lord, just come. Just come before you as your people. Just surrender. Just come forward a bit more. Let people come. A, just, let's just surrender. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Just as others of us as well. I, I'm not one for milking these things. You know me well enough now. But my heart is something, and I know some of you, you're saying, I've got to give that to the Lord. I believe there's an opportunity right here to this morning. Come to the Lord I'm giving that the future, I'm giving my future. It's a thing of control. I want to be in control. I want to. Now Lord, I'm giving you my future. I'm giving you my future. I'm giving you my finance. I'm, I'm giving you my health. I'm giving you my role respect. If, if I make those choices, I will lose respect. I will lose standing. Brothers and sisters, whose standing are we looking for? It's the pleasure of the Lord. It's the delight of the Lord. We're looking to him. He's our saviour who gave up everything for us. It's an invitation this morning. Lord, just come. Meet with your people as we just surrender right where we are, whether we come forward or whether we're standing, just before you, hands open. It's a picture, isn't it, with our hands open. Yes, to receive, but it's also to give. So I want to encourage you, some of you maybe just to even, as it were, prophetically unfurl your fingers. I'm just loosening a grip on that, Lords. Giving this to you. Some of us need to give our children. That's a biggie. It's a biggie. Lord, I give you my children. Jesus. All to Jesus. I surrender. Teach us what this means, Lords, the days ahead. Show us what this means. So that we might know your glory that we might know your will, so that we might know the fullness of life with you. No longer half measures, no longer my bit I'm holding on to and and your bit. Lord, all of you, all of you. Maybe it's your business, maybe it's your work, some ambition. I deserve that position. I, I deserve that place in the business. I, I deserve to be promoted. I want to say to you today, the Lord knows your heart. That's what he looked at. Did not consider equality with God something to be used as his advantage, but became a servant. Therefore, God exalted him. Lords, help us in these days. In a world of rights, in a world of, of it's mine, my rights. We surrender to you today. We surrender that you might have the glory and that we might know your will. That we might move in, we might, in, in Luke's word, we might move out in power. Oh God, not controlled or contained by our rights and our will, but surrendered to you. Come and touch your people right now. Come and touch us. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Saviour. I surrender all. Let's come. Let's come. let come. Touch. So one or two in the prayer team would we'll just gently come and minister to people. Let's. Let's not have big prophecy, let's just, individuals are doing business with God. Let's just be gentle here, let's just wait on God. Let's just welcome you. Feel free to go and have refreshment, go and feel free to go and get your children in a minute if you need to, but let's just receive from him. is a, a covenant between you and the Lord. Lord, I'm laying it down. I'm laying it down for you. It's calm, Lord. Jesus. Just going to pray for one or two.